Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles. Chapter 6. Here's Pastor Ryan. We all had a day one. We all, you know, especially because it was in my home. And I thought, my goodness, you know, some crazy person can come into my home. And how I had to pray through that. And say, well, if I'm doing this by faith and I got to trust that God, you won't send a serial killer to my house. And, uh, and it's been cool all the way through. I think I can think of one guy that kind of sketched, you know, sketched us out. It was, he came in pretty crazy. He was on something. And, but thank God he left that night and never came back. And, but he, he, what I'm saying is it's, it's, it's a step of faith. And it's, it's a step of faith. And it's challenging. And it's in it. And it, and it can... <laughs> It's risky. That's the word. To trust, to love the stranger, the foreigner. But that's God. And this world will get us spinning out of control to not trust anybody. That, you know, if the serial killer lives next door, don't open your door. You don't have fellowship. Come in, come out. Come in, come out. I think the enemy wins when we have let the world creep into the commandments of the Lord about receiving the stranger, receiving the foreigner, fellowshipping with one another, absolutely. I get it. We all, we all had to be careful when the news of the COVID hit and all that. I get that. But it was so long. And one of the driving forces that that shepherded us back to the church was my goodness. I, I have I can't, I'm not minister, I can't minister that way to anybody, and so we had to come back. We had to come back, and we came back. And if you think of Psalm 133, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the oil running down the beard of Aaron. And oil in the Bible is so uh, significant when it comes to healing. Yeah, it's a picture of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit heals, doesn't he? But he also, it, 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 it's soothing. It's healing. It, 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 it's, it's how wounds are, 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 are bandaged. And, and it's how we become strong again. And I know the enemy knows this. And that's why the Bible says he who isolates himself rages against all wise wisdom and seeks his own destruction. We can't be isolated. Don't let it ha- we can't let it happen again. We just can't. We gotta, we gotta stick together and keep doing the work of the Lord. And it's risky. It was risky when we opened up our house and you know I got a pretty wife there, man. And and but for the Lord, I risk I had to take that risk because I felt the calling was there. And it turned out pretty good. It turned out pretty good in the long run. We're still here. And um but the end of all things is at hand, is how Peter put it. The end of all things are at hand. Therefore, you know, have a fervent love for one another. 
And if you look at Hebrews 10, where it talks about not forsaking the assembling of one another, it says that much more that we, as you see the day approaching. What day? The last days. You know, there'd be arguments if it said, eh, we're in the middle of time or it's the beginning. So, you know, when you get around to it, it's like, no, it's because of the end times. Get together, get together. Be receptive to the foreigner. Have, look around. Who, who in the church is alone? Who, who, when someone comes in here by themselves, who is the, you know, young girls back there? Like, who is the, the, the person that no one's talking to, the girl that no one's talking to? Do we just continue talking amongst ourselves or do we try to find the kid that no one's talking to and say, aha, uh-huh, that's who God would talk to. The one that no one's talking to, that's who Jesus would sit by and talk to them and make them feel included. God is speaking. The sanctuary is a, is a place, common area. You don't have to let the crazies in your pad. Let them here. They come here, love them here. In the sanctuary. Don't leave. It's a ministry. Lord, I'm going to speak to two people, three people. Or Lord, I, Lord I'm going to take some of the money you blessed me with. I'm going to, I'm going to, have, I'm going to take someone to lunch. A, a brother or sister I just met, I'm going to invite them to lunch. That's how the church gets strong. That's how a church grows. And we've been fed here for a long time. We don't want to be like the Dead Sea that just intakes and intakes and there's no outlet and there's no outlet. In the foyer is a place where people can be healed and touched and blessed and spoken to. Out here on the basketball court, just all of these grounds. God gave us these grounds so that you don't have to risk starting something up in your pad like I did 20 years ago. It's already been done. You can do it here. And then you can go home. Maybe you don't got to open up a Bible study, but you got to have someone over for dinner. You, you just, you got to. You have to. It's a good thing. I don't want to go too long without having people over at my house. Ever. You know, there's a lot of pastors that don't have anybody at their house. Pastors who preach and leave the back door. I think a pastor should be amongst the people. Pastor Chuck, after every service at Costa Mesa, stood out there until that line of people that wanted to talk to him were gone. He was a tough man. Strong man. I'm a wimp, man. After two services, shoot. And he had three in the morning, a different study on Sunday night, Thousands, ten, uh, ten thousand. So, like Jesus said in Luke fourteen, verse twelve through thirteen. When you have a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, nor rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When you have a dinner, Jesus said, not if, when. And you might be saying, well, Pastor Ryan, I'm just not that outgoing. 
You know, Christ came to not leave us the same way. You have social anxiety? So do I. And I'm right here. I'm pretty outgoing, but not all the time. Not 24-7. And sometimes the pastor job feels that way. And, and I think, oh my gosh, there's way too many people here. And I begin to freak out. But Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yep, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it ain't always easy. Trust me, I have bad days. Um, anyways, that's a lot of talk for the foreigner and the stranger. But I think that God's going to bring some foreigners and some strangers into our midst or else he wouldn't be teaching us this. And it's time to, to cook some good stuff and get to know some people. And, and you know, you might get surprised with the most amazing fellowship angels, man. Angels, I say. All right, so verse 34. When, you're, when your people go out to battle against their enemies... Wherever you send them, and when they pray to you toward this city, which you have chosen, and the temple which I have built for your name, then hear from heaven their prayer and their supplication and maintain their cause. And so when your people go out that you've sent to battle the enemies, Lord, and they pray towards this city, towards this temple, hear their prayer, and bless their cause. Give them victory because they have prayed to you. And, uh, you know, the Lord is still sending people, his people, into the battle. That is you. That is me. All of us. No, no one is, uh, no one is uh, exempt from going into the battles that God has for us to fight. The battle of our lives is everywhere. It's everywhere. What? Yes. It's everywhere. It really is. If you've walked with the Lord more than for like two days, you know that truly, hmm, if I think about it, was there ever a place that I've gone to that I did not experience some spiritual warfare battling going on that if I didn't pray and seek God, I was going to have a bad time at it, whatever it was. And you come to realize, my goodness, you can, it can be vacation, it can be on the basketball court, it can be at home, it can be at work, it can be at play, it can be... So the battlefield is everywhere. If you look at scripture, what does it say? What does it tell us? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 13. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand. And so God tells us that the warfare is spiritual. It's behind 
behind the scenes, it's scenes that we cannot see, powers and principalities, you know, and then in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, it tells us, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And so in both places, it talks about the battle not being fleshly. In other words, it's not like the Israelites that were marched down into the valleys right where they would meet other foreign armies and literally line up like in the movies and have a physical straight up battle or besieging it's not that you know i can't share with you like yeah in my 20 years i remember this battle that god like lined me up with armor and a sword or whatever a gun or whatever and he lined me up with the enemy and i fought and that's not that doesn't happen that's not us with us it's everywhere at home that's so peaceful and beautiful and and thank you lord for your provisions i get to rest in a very peaceful place if if i don't put on the armor of god that peaceful place turns into war war <laughs> right because it's not really location it's everywhere it's spiritual forces behind the scenes god has sent us into battle we battle for our family and our homes we pray. We wash our wives with the word of God. She prays. We pray together. We pray over our kids. We wash them with the word as well. We we because it's a battle. When we go to work, it's not just work. It's a battle. And because God is good, you know, He gives us good days. He gives us peace, nice life. Where there's days where it's smooth, in and out, no biggie. Had a nice devotion, felt everything was just great. Why? Because he's good. God is good. And it's not always going to be like, oh, oh, oh. But it comes in waves. But the battle is everywhere. And he has called us into these battle places to be salt and light. To not buckle under pressure. To not give in to the ways of this world. But really to just stand for his truths. It's everywhere. On the basketball court, like I said, I'm a witness there. You're a witness in your play, in your... In your, at your work, amongst family, it, it doesn't stop. And this is what new believers have to learn pronto, rapido. Why? Because we're used to just kicking back, we're at mom's house. Kicking back, we're at grandma's house. Kicking back, I'm at my best friend's house. But everything changes in the Lord. Everything changes because the enemy hates us. And he starts messing with things. And he tries to tempt and he messes with people to mess with you and we are know that god doesn't tempt us but he tests us and he teaches us you can't put your guard down rest in the lord peace in the lord but what i mean you can't put your guard down is you have to pray daily and without ceasing you have to be in the, it is prayer. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And like Solomon's saying, physically, when they go out to battle and they cry out to you, the battle you sent them in, you, you know, you sent me in this thing. Give me victory, Lord. Hear them. And he does. He does. He makes a way of escape, doesn't he? James 5.16 the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much.
I was thinking of uh, the boy who was healed of uh, demon possession, who was uh, an uh, epileptic, and whom the disciples could not cast the demon out of the young boy. And the father of the boy came to them and implored the disciples, please heal him. And they could not. And he said, oh, perverse generation, how, 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 how longer must I tarry with you? And Jesus cast out the demon, but later on in Matthew 17, 19 through 21, the disciples came to Jesus privately and they said, why could we not cast it out? And so Jesus said, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Pray. Jesus would say, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Prayer. Prayer. Don't forget that you're in a battle. Don't ever forget it. Don't ever not pick up your Bible in the morning. Don't ever do it. Don't ever not spend time with the Lord in the morning. Don't do it. Verse 36. When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you become angry with them and deliver them to the enemy. And they take them captive to a land far or near. Yet when they come to themselves in the land where they are carried captive and repent and make supplication to you in the land of their captivity, saying, we have sinned, we have done wrong, and we have committed wickedness. And when they return to you with all their heart and with all their soul uh, in the land of their captivity where they have been carried captive and pray toward their land which you gave to their fathers the city which you have chosen and toward the temple which I have built for your name then hear from heaven your dwelling place their prayer and their supplications and maintain their cause and forgive your people who have sinned against you Um, and so that's a very beautiful uh uh, prayer there as well like when your people sin not if but when for all have sinned he said you know and all of us in our flesh if you know Christ in your flesh in my flesh we're going to blow it thank God there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ that we can just come to God confess our sins and he can wash us you know when we confess our sins uh, the scary thing is those who don't repent the scary thing is when uh People sin and, and don't feel the need to confess it or repent of it. That's, that's the problem uh, with some people. And, you know, and like the Israelites and how Solomon is talking about them being taken into captivity, we know that happens with the Babylonians uh, later. But here, it's applicable to all of us. God chastens us like children if we sin against him and don't deal with that sin. If we dabble and play with it and, and, and not confess it and reject it, problems will come our way because God loves us. He will spank us. You know, and, and, and it's interesting because we, we, you know, one would feel like he was taken or she was taken captive. What happened to the freedom I felt and the joy I felt? You know, like Adam and Eve hiding in the, in the garden, you know, like, where are you, Adam? 
And there are some Christians struggling in the flesh now, putting it under control of the spirit and not even wanting to confess it. And God is saying, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And they feel captive, no doubt. Freedom comes when we pray to the Lord. As he's saying, when your people sin and they, they, they remember in the place of their captivity where they went wrong, where their home was, how good life was with the Lord. When they confess, when they repent, even in a faraway land, forgive them and bless them. Forgive them, Lord. And that's what God does. He's a loving father, but he does chasten those ki- uh, us kids. He really does. And if you're not chastened, then you're an illegitimate child, right? So if people can just keep sinning and there's no repercussion, that's a scary place to be. But in John chapter 10, 10, Jesus said, The thief come, does not come but to, except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus, uh, Satan came to take people captive to enslave them. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Jesus gives his life for you and me so that we can no longer be taken captive. Amen? In Proverbs 28, 13, it says, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Now, my God, I pray, let your eyes be open and let your ears be attentive to the prayer made in this place. Now, therefore, arise, O Lord God, to your resting place, you and the ark of your strength. Let your priests, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation and let your saints rejoice in goodness. O Lord God, do not turn away the face of your anointed. Remember the mercies of your servant, David. Amen and amen. Father, we thank you for your grace, your love, and mercy. We are in awe of how you love us so much to teach us your ways. We pray that the word we studied would not return void, but it would do what you set it out to do. Help us to love the foreigner, the stranger. Help us to fellowship and to see the value and the healing in that. Oh, Lord, I pray as you send us out into the world, you said you are in the world but not of the world. Oh, Lord, help us to be salt and light. As the battle gets tough on some days, Lord, when we pray to you, bless our cause and give us strength and give us victory. And Lord, when we sin, we're so grateful that we have you, Jesus, as our advocate in heaven praying for us. Help our hearts not get hard-hearted. Help us to remain pliable, teachable, humble, meek. And to be able to come to you and say, Lord, forgive, forgive me. And if there's any sin that I don't even know I'm committing, forgive me. And just to receive your forgiveness and your washing is so beautiful. We just love you and thank you for that. And while our heads are bowed, is there anybody here who would like to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? That you haven't done that? You haven't confessed them? We want to give you an opportunity. Just raise your hand if you haven't done it and you want to do it. Jesus is willing and he came to forgive us of our sins.
Father, we thank you again for tonight. We ask your blessing upon our fellowship and the rest of the week that we would be um, the people that you want us to be. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say amen. Please stand. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.